What's up you guys, welcome to the video. My name is Brandon. So for those of you that don't know my entire backstory, I have been a stock market investor since I was about 10 years old. I know that's pretty crazy to think about, but with the help of my dad, I started investing in mutual funds. When I was about 12 years old, I bought my first two stocks, which were the companies McDonald's and Coca-Cola, which I still own to this very day. And back in 2013, I decided to professionally pursue this industry. I started my industry studies, went out and got all my licensing, and by the age of 20, I became a fully licensed investment advisor. Now, today I'm sitting here at age 26. Obviously, you guys know my dad on the channel who's been in the industry for pushing 30 years, I think 27 years, give or take. But nevertheless, I wanted to compile up from all of my experiences so far, five tips that I think can benefit any investor out there. Whether you're a beginner, whether you're more experienced, if you are looking to become a better investor, these five tips I can almost personally guarantee, or at least I'd hope I can guarantee, will help you out. So stick around and enjoy. What's going on you guys and welcome back to the channel. As I mentioned, my name is Brandon. I will remind you that as always, we do have our investing academy. It's that first link down in the description below if you are looking for some courses and training, you wanna learn more about the stock market. But I say we dive straight on into this video. If at any point you find one of these tips helpful, feel free to leave a comment down below and do not hesitate to drop a big thumbs up because that really does help out the channel. But we're gonna be diving into tip number one, which is probably my favorite on the list because it will impact you at some point or another. But when you come across a stock that you are considering to add to your portfolio, wait a minimum of at least one week before you add that stock. You know, there's a saying out there and I don't quite know where it stems from, but it's the saying, shoot first, ask questions later. We don't want to do that when it comes to the stock market. And that mentality is unfortunately what a lot of investors find themselves doing. They buy stocks first, they get all excited, they buy, 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 and then they go on to do their research and do their due diligence after they're already owning the stock. I've been there personally, it's extremely tempting and especially for a new beginner or a new investor or a beginner who's all caught up in the hype, it's very, very tempting. And especially in a world of social media and YouTube and Twitter, where everywhere you look, you're being bombarded with stock picks and stocks to buy and the new hottest thing. My tip for you guys is that when you come across a stock, just take a breather and at a minimum, wait one week. Now, in all honesty, I would say wait maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month to let it sit down and simmer, uh, let that decision simmer. Because what happens when you're able to do that is that you're no longer buying the stock off of pure excitement and you're not making an emotional purchase because I guarantee you that that does happen. But by giving yourself a time frame, first things foremost, a week from now, if you're still that excited about the stock and you're still super, super uh, enticed to buy it, Maybe you do really like the stock, but quite commonly that excitement will fade off and you can make a much more rational decision of whether it's the right stock for you. Unless you're somebody that's into day trading or swing trading or some type of trading that is very timely by nature. And that's of course not what we cover on this channel. I'm talking here from the perspective of a long-term investor. I can almost guarantee you that if you are able to fast forward 20 years out, 25 years out, even 10 years out, it's not gonna make much of a difference whether you bought the stock this week or next week. Heck, there's an example that kind of comes to mind in my local city here, and I'm from a place called Richmond, British Columbia, just south of Vancouver. And the housing market here is 
really one of the craziest markets that we have in the world. And for the generation above us, so taking a look at, for example, my parents and the people of that kind of age and demographic, a lot of them bought homes back in the day for maybe $700,000, $600,000. And over the past couple of decades, those houses have grown in value to where we sit today, a very, very common you know, family home here in, in Richmond, BC, sitting somewhere along the lines of 2.5 and some of the even bigger ones, $3 million. And I'm not even talking mansions. I'm just talking a normal old family home with a nice lot and whatnot. And that to me is a great example of where if you were uh, able to buy a great quality asset, and in this case, we're talking about real estate, but the exact same applies with a stock, whether that's Amazon stock, whether that's Apple stock or Google or a company that you feel is gonna excel over the years. Looking at this real estate example, in this instance, I'll tell you, it would not have mattered, you know, 20 years later, whether you bought that home in October or November, or if you bought it in this week or that week, you got your hands on a great quality asset and over the course of a couple decades, it rewarded you tremendously based on the capital appreciation that we saw over the years. The exact same thing can be said with a great quality investment in the stock market. And yes, prices do move up and down and they can be very, very exciting when you're seeing the, the quotes and the tickers flashing each and every day. But at the end of the day, waiting a week, assuming you're going to get your hands on a multi-bagger or a multi, you know, a very, very strong compounding company over the years, it will not matter. I can kind of say that quite confidently, but what will matter is that you actually took the time to do your research. You actually took the time to do your due diligence. And by setting a time frame like that, you just give yourself a little bit of a, if it's a rule that you implement, you give yourself a little bit of a safety net, a little bit of a, a buffer to make sure that you are making a rational decision rather than an emotional based decision. Tip number two may be a tip that you think is unnecessary. And for a lot of people you say, ah, I don't need to do that. But I would actually argue against that because the second tip that I have for you guys is to physically write down your personal investment strategy. And my guess is that about 90 to 95% of you guys watching this video who are in the stock market space, who are interested in finance and very likely maybe investing themselves have not taken the time to physically on paper or at least on a notepad or an award document, write down your personal strategy. I'm not trying to say here that you have to go out and write a super complex document or an essay on your investment strategy, but could you summarize in let's say two or three sentences what it means to you in terms of what your strategy is when it comes to the stock market. And to give you a couple of examples, it could literally be something as simple as, hey, I am a 24 year old growth investor. I plan to invest in the Canadian markets, US, uh, you know, X amount internationally. I'm willing to put 30% of my portfolio into high risk speculative companies, something along the lines of that, that at least, you know, gives you some sort of structure some sort of plan in terms of how you plan to invest. For our older viewers out there, it could be something as, hey, I'm five years out from retirement. Passive income is a major, major deal for me, whether that's through the form of dividends, through income, I'm gonna have X amount allocated to fixed income investments. I'm not gonna hold X amount in here. I'm gonna avoid tobacco companies. I'm not gonna do cryptocurrency, blah, 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 but at least have it written down. And why I think this is so important, and this is where a lot of new investors may disagree with me, but during the past number of years in the stock market, we've seen great success in terms of returns. The index have powered on. If you've been an investor over the past number of years, you very likely have done well with your investments. And it's very easy to think that, hey, 
all is good. I don't need to worry about these things. Um, I'm doing a good job as is. So why would I go ahead and have to worry about a strategy? But that's where I think the mistake comes in because sooner or later, I believe, I don't believe, I'm quite confident that a lot of people will come to realize that their strategy in the stock market may actually not be as suitable as they think it is. And when we do come around to this next bear market, whenever it is, and I'm talking about a real bear market where the index drops for a sustained period, 25, 30, 40%, possibly over a number of years, it's then that having this plan and having some sort of structure to fall back on will really start to shine. It's during situations like these where you really begin to differentiate the investors who know what they're doing and they have this plan and kind of this guidance or this roadmap that they're following and the ones that have kind of just been going whipsy-daisy about it and kind of just going with the wind. Because to give you a little example of where I think this comes into play is, let's assume the stock market does come down 30% and all of our favorite stocks are down. You need to be able to assess yourself and say, well, is this a company in my portfolio that I do want to have for the long term? Is this a company that's within my realm or did I just buy this stock for the wrong reason and maybe it doesn't necessarily suit my situation? Maybe to look at it from another angle, maybe you have a bunch of cash to deploy, you're excited about this next market downturn and you see all these opportunities out there on sale or for a cheaper value, well maybe then you can look at your your plan that you wrote down and say, hey, well this is a stock that's within my realm, this is a stock that's without my realm and you can make those appropriate decisions there. But without a strategy and without one that's written down, you kind of are just freeballing it. One thing to consider is that just because you wrote a strategy down, that doesn't mean that it has to be your finite strategy for the rest of time. In fact, as you get older and as you become a more experienced investor, that strategy will change, but at least you've kind of cemented it. At least you've got some sort of backing to say, hey, this is my plan. For example, in our academy, what we use with our students is a statement called the IPS, the Investment Policy Statement. Now, I'm not expecting everybody to go out and do that because that's a very formal document that we kind of use based on our experience here in the industry. And we used to have one, used to have to have one of those for every single client, assessing their risk tolerance, assessing their plan, et cetera, et cetera. Regardless of whatever method you ultimately decide, I do think it's a very, very valuable tip to take two minutes, five minutes. It would take five minutes max to go ahead and just get a pen, get a piece of paper, do a self-assessment and write down your strategy. It'll be a very good thing to have, even just looking back to see how much you've grown, how much you've adapted. And um, yeah, I just think it's a very, very valuable tip. Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. Tip number three is one that builds on that in a sense. And it's one that, again, I think a lot of people fail to do. And if you're a new investor, maybe you haven't had the chance to do this yet, but you have to set 
mandatory and very, let's say, timely or be very specific with your timeframes, doing manual reviews on your personal portfolio just to check in and just to see how things are doing. And granted, if you work with an investment advisor or you have your money managed with a professional or with the banks, if they're doing a good job, they should have you in, let's say, once a year or you know, maybe every quarter or at least once a year to basically go in and do a recap and just get up to speed with how your investments are doing. Now, of course, for majority of you guys watching this video, learning to invest on your own on YouTube, you don't have that luxury of having a professional there that's gonna be doing this for you. You have to set these on your own. And you can leave me out in the comment section below. Very curious what the answer is. I'm gonna guess it's actually a very high number. How many of you guys have no clue whether your stock uh, portfolio is beating an index? It's beating the benchmark of the S&P or the TSX or whatever you set. How many of you over the past quarter or even the past year have taken the time to do a top-down look at your portfolio and look at the asset allocation, look at what your targets are and look at what your weightings are and assess whether you're on target or whether you're overweighted in the sector or you're underweighted here? I'm gonna guess that a lot of you guys haven't done that, but if you wanna be doing investing properly, which is again, I think, you know, at least the way we like to look at it, you want to have that strategy, you want to have that plan, and you should have by now as an investor, some dedicated targets in terms of how much money you want in the equity market, how much money you want in fixed income, how much you want in the healthcare sector, technology sector, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very easy to get sidetracked when your stocks are doing super well and your portfolio is growing to kind of put that on the back burner but that's of course, where as investors, we put ourselves in these situations where you may be taking on more risk than you really should have. Again, the lesson will probably be learned the hard way when the markets do take a turn for the worst and you realize, oh crap, my portfolio is 60% invested in the tech sector. Well, that's probably not what I should have been doing. I should have been taking profits. I should have been rebalancing. I should have essentially been uh, getting myself back onto a more balanced or a more neutral ground portfolio you cannot do that if you don't take the time to manually review your portfolio. You guys know that I'm not a fan of looking at your portfolio every day. And I say for the most part, it's good to avoid micromanaging your portfolio, but checking in maybe once a quarter, maybe even once like every half a year, or I should say maybe better to say that twice a year, go twice a year or at a minimum annually, just check on how your investments are doing, compare them up to the benchmark, make sure that what you're doing is providing you the right types of returns. Are you majorly underperforming the benchmark? Are you majorly outperforming? Is that something that you expect? You can do that all during a review, but setting that periodically, I think is a tip that every single investor should be doing. Tip number four is getting a little bit away from the actual stocks and the actual stock market aspects of things, but this absolutely will have an impact on your personal portfolio. And that is making sure that you set a percentage form of how much money or how much percentage of your income you're gonna be putting into your investment accounts. Now, I know this is a very basic tip and people will say, oh, well, I already do that. I already pay myself first. And if you do, that's phenomenal. But my tip for you guys is rather than doing it as a dollar form and saying, hey, every month I do 100 bucks or every month I do 25 bucks or 1,000 bucks, set a percentage and that percentage will remain true for as long as your financial situation dictates that. But what's important about that is that as your income increases, which we'd hope with time, your income is slowly increasing, whether that's your wage just increasing, you get a promotion, maybe you switch jobs or you get some sort of bonus or whatever the case is, we do, as we get older, hopefully come into more money, that's at least the goal. If you have a percentage set, whether that's 10%, whether that's 15%, whether that's 25% of your income, that number will scale 
as your income scales and your contributions to your portfolio will obviously get larger and larger. And that's how you get this snowball effect going. And I can talk here from obviously personal experience ever since I was young and you know, my dad was trying to get me better at finance and kind of better at my whole savings and investing game. I always had the rule that 15% of my gross income, technically gross, but at the at the same time, if you did 15% of net income, you're probably gonna be just fine. But 15% of my income was directed to my savings and investing, in particular, my investment accounts. And that goes back from when I was a young kid making very, very little money to where I am today. That ratio stays the same. It's just that the numbers get larger and larger. And for a period of time, I kind of went against that rule and I was saving more or less a dollar figure. $100 a month, it bumped up to $200. And then at one point I was saving $400 a month into my RSPs and TFSAs, which was which was great. At least I was doing that. But what happened was that as my income increased, my savings amount stayed at that $400 per month level. And it's very, very easy when you start making more money to find other areas to spend it in. You get a new car, you go out for more meals, you buy nicer clothes, whatever the case is, you can, you'll still think to yourself, wow, I put $400 away per month. But if your income's growing, that number should actually be much, much higher. And by committing to a percentage, again, you can d- decide what is the best percentage for you. I would say lean between 10 and 15% at a minimum because you probably can do that if you're, if you're disciplined and, and you work on it. That I think is key in determining how well you will do as an investor, at least on the saving side. You know, that doesn't necessarily dictate how well you will pick investments, but at least you know you'll be putting money into your portfolio and you'll be able to get that growing. And more or less what this tip is about is establishing the habit, even at a very early age, even if you're saving a very small percentage of your, port, uh, of your income, you are developing those habits, which are really the hardest things to form in my opinion. That leads on into tip number five, which kind of builds off that one as well. And I know people are gonna say, cop out, pick, this one sucks, but it doesn't suck. If you have money that you are sitting on, or if you are just new to the stock market and you haven't started yet, now is the best time to invest. Now, granted, there are obviously more opportune times uh, based on how the market is looking and you know we may be at all-time highs now and uh, you know yeah it could be that could come back to bite me in the butt but actually not at all because the tip that I'm saying for you guys is that if you are sitting on cash put it in the markets it's so common to me that I hear somebody has either savings from their work maybe they got like let's say an inheritance or an insurance claim they got hit by a car and they got all this money and they're sitting on it and they're just waiting for that perfect time to start investing you guys know the story you can wait you know, years and years and years waiting for that pullback or waiting for that market correction, which will inevitably be coming soon, but it just never seems to come. Putting your money in the markets and time in the market is really what will do you wonders over the years. As a disclaimer, just to be clear here, if this is money that you're gonna need over the short term, like you have $100,000 and you need it for a down payment, well then you have to approach this situation very, very differently. But if you have money that you know is for your future, you know is for the long term, let's say your retirement or your goals down down the road, getting involved and getting the exposure to your market is the way to go. I'm not suggesting that you take 100% of that money or that cash that you have and just deploy it all into the market and just take your hands away. You wanna deploy that money in a proper way. You wanna deploy it kind of similar to how we are on our stock market challenge, where we're still holding some cash, but we're at least deploying that over a period of time and we're kind of phasing it into the markets. But speaking on a thing that I used to think, uh, I guess a myth that I used to think back in the day, 
and this goes back to again, when I was much, when I was starting with a much smaller amount of money, when my dad got me started, I always thought that it made more sense, you know, when I hit like $10,000 in savings, you know, when I have a more meaningful amount of money, that's when I should start investing. I'm gonna go work, I'm gonna go save up, and there's no point getting these small returns now because it's meaningless. I'm gonna wait till I get that bigger, bigger chunk and then start. And I know a lot of people find themselves in the in that same boat. Now, of course, over the years, I've come to realize that that thought of mine was absolutely not true because even though I started with a small amount of money, it's all about getting that snowball rolling and it's all about you know compounding and adding to your portfolio. And the more time that you can have to continuously add money into your accounts, the higher those contributions are, the better your returns are, you're gonna get that power of compounding really working for you. And you can't get there without, of course, just starting. Just starting now. And again, that goes for whether you're a beginner investor who's having hesitations, or you're a more experienced investor and you're just waiting for that perfect time to time the market and get a new batch of money in. But I guess that will wrap it up, guys, for my five tips that I think really can help you out as an investor. This was such a fun video for me to put together. In fact, these are actually some of my favorite videos to film. Aside from the stock market content, aside from the research content, these are things that I actually really think can help you as an investor rather than just copying a stock pick online. These are more or less, I think, behavioral things that we can do in the stock market that will set us aside from the rookies to more experienced investors who more or less know what they're doing. I at least like to think I know what I'm doing, but you can let me know down in the comment section below whether you agreed or whether you disagreed with my tips here today. If you did enjoy this video, do take a moment and drop a big thumbs up because that really helps out the channel. And if you're watching this and not subscribed, subscribe. We post videos every single week, myself and my father, Mark. We kind of go back and forth. Sometimes we do joint videos. And of course we do have our investing academy. If you're somebody that's, you know, hesitant to start, you don't know what you're doing, you need a little bit of extra help, click the first link down below and you can learn all about that. We work with people all across Canada in every single province and territory actually. Um, even up north, we have, pro we have people in every single province and territory that are basically uh, forming a community of Canadians that want that extra help when it comes to investing. So that's that first link down below. One thing that I will say is that these are my top tips that I can think of at the moment. I'd actually like to do this video from time to time, maybe a few months down the road or even a year down the road to see how those tips have changed. And I'm sure I'll have five new ones for you guys, but these are my tips as of today. Last but not least, I forgot to mention, if you haven't already checked out our second channel, we do have a second channel where we document a lot of fun behind the scenes stuff. You can learn a lot more about us and the business here on this side. That's also down in the description below. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.